Yeah. I never think about these. Okay, so welcome to Spin. I'm Mary. I'm Charlie. This is whoops. This is a special interest podcast where we get drunk and talk about our special interests. Yes, that's what this is. And we are joined by Amias, who lives here now, and then our two friends. Rise. Hey, Kuiper. <laughs> Hell yeah. Wait, we didn't do Yay. pronouns. Yeah, no, we did. didn't do pronouns. Okay, so everyone introduce themselves. I'll go first. I'm Mary, I use she or they. Okay. Uh, I'm Kuiper, and I use he. Yeah, I'm Charlie, and I use he. Amias, he or they. Ryland, they, she. Cool. Yay! Okay, so we don't really have a theme for this episode other than everyone here is trans. <laughs> everyone here has some wild shit stories to talk about. Oh, Let's yeah. be real. We've said many of those earlier. Today. Yeah, we, we all have a lot going okay, we need on. To start with unleashing the tension that's been going on. What? what? Oh, didn't you have a story uh, you wanted to tell Kuiper? And 999. Oh, oh yeah, that's the special interest you two have in sure, common. Yes, okay. It's true. I have an entire speech plan for Professor Layton, so I can hold off on that <laughs> to any, as long as possible. Oh my but God. Zero Escape, that is my big shit, okay? <laughs> so if, back in, I think it was 2010 or 2011, I can't remember the exact year it came out. 2011, I'm just gonna say as a blanket term, blanket year, mm -hmm. I got really into 999. <laughs> I played it every single day for seven months. Honestly, say actually Hang no, on. probably like what? you played it over. Tell a Christmas us about nine nine nine. I know it's a DS okay, game. Okay, okay. I, I played it over a summer actually. Yeah, it's like a visual okay. novel, right? So yeah, yeah, it's a visual novel. Um, and basically, so like with most uh, visual novels, the way they work is you go through different routes and you have to find a different ending each time. And so with Zero Escape nine 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 specifically, the way it starts is. You wake up as Junpei Tenmyoji, and you are on this boat, and water is flooding into the cabin that you're in. So you have to find a way out, which the whole thing in the game is seek a way out, which, God, yes. yes. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's, it's like a puzzle yeah, it's escape, an escape room. room game. Yeah. yeah, I love those. So you get out of the room, and you're out in this huge hallway, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Because... God, the art is so gorgeous for this game. Keep in mind, I love it so much. I've seen art it's books from good. this. Yeah, it's nice. I want an art book so it's bad. It's real good. But yeah, you get out into this room, and there's a bunch of people lining up down these stairs, and you're like, what is fucking happening? You're on a replica of the Titanic, Yeah. and you're out in the middle of the ocean, and you have to find a way out, as this guy, Zero, is telling you over the speakers that if you don't leave in the next nine hours... A bomb that you have swallowed is going to go off and kill you. And if, if you, you don't sink first. Yeah, if oh you don't sink God. first. Holy shit. Yeah, so if you break the rules, the bomb goes off. If you do anything, like, if you try to cheat, bomb goes off. If the time goes out, bomb goes off. Damn. And so it's, That is an escape room all yeah, right. Yeah, it absolutely is. Are Holy we gonna, shit. are we doing this spoiler free or no? Uh, yes. Do you guys have an intent to play the okay, game? I, I do, yeah. But I've played enough for Mary okay. that, like... Then I'll try to keep it as spoiler-free as possible okay. and not say what's popping. Yeah. But basically, <laughs> the whole premise of the game is set around a theory called morphogenetic field theory, which... I've heard about this. I told you about this yeah. so hard, and I good. thought you, because you retweeted something about it, and I was like, fuck yes, Charlie's on my wavelength. No, I'm so sorry. I, <laughs> I don't actually know things about it, but I've heard of it. So basically, the whole theory is, it's 
really complicated, and it's by a guy named Rupert Sheldrake, mm -hmm. who is completely full of shit most of the time. And the whole community... Sounds about right. Even, even the, like, um, what is it? Pseudoscience community thinks he's full of shit. Yeah. I don't. I don't know why. I just fucking believe this. I think I'm just gullible, but also I believe it, so That's sorry valid. about that. <laughs> but okay, so, sorry to interrupt, but I, um, I played this when it first came out, and mm -hmm. I was obsessed with it for about a year and a half, and, like, I still love it deeply, but I haven't replayed it, uh -huh. and so I can't remember much of it very clearly. Also, like, I never did any, like, research into any of mm -hmm. this stuff. Is this guy a real dude? Is this, like, a real Rupert theory? Sheldrake? Yeah. Yes, this is a real guy with a real theory. He's got books about it. I don't own any yet. I've been waiting to get one. They're, like, textbook size, and they're really fucking expensive. Damn. Yeah. yeah. So like I've been textbooks. waiting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> textbooks are also expensive. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting so, so long to get these. I've read all of his stuff, like, that I could get online. Mm -hmm. I love him. I know he's full of shit, but I still believe it. <laughs> to be fair, it is Do actually it. a really good theory. Though. It okay. is a great you're, theory. You're hamming it up like it's super outlandish. Yeah. It actually kind of makes sense. It does. Can you explain genetic field theory? Okay, so the thing about this for me, about this game for me, is that I played it many years ago, and I mm -hmm. loved it then, but like, I don't revisit it as a game, but I find myself like attracted to themes and like storylines that I th sit down and think about, huh, this mirrors this in this way. So it's like I keep, absolutely like, the it's same. like absolutely been influential to my tastes and my like style of writing mm -hmm. because like, okay so. I have noticed that actually. It you do sort of write in a, in a way that exactly feels. exactly the same with Piper though. Yeah. 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 I have extremely flowery language that I got from that game. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it same. cooled it in the last two games with the like super descriptive, like gorgeous language. Mm -hmm. This the second and third game really chilled it on that and it was more of just this is what's happening. Here's why. Yeah. This is how the main I, character. I have appears. heard that the first one is like the best one to oh, play. Yeah. yeah, I haven't played the second and third one because the second one came out for 3ds and I still don't have one. So yeah. <laughs> the second one actually came out on. I was it just 3DS? It was just 3DS. Oh, shit. Yeah. I have the game, but I have no 3DS to play it on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It'd be like that. It really you have a 3DS, like right? I do. Lend it to Mary to play the game. Okay, so <laughs> can we say what morphogenetic fields are and talk about the theory? Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. this. Okay. Is, is it some sci-fi shit? Yeah, I want to hear yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Deep, so crazy sci-fi shit. Spoiler. Yeah, it's, it's not spoiler yeah. thing. So morphogenetic field theory... I'm sure I'm gonna butcher this absolutely, but this is my explanation of it mm -hmm. and my understanding. So, how it works is there's two different people. Let's let's. This is a scenario. So let's say Rylan is really empathetic, mm -hmm. and I'm real. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> nice. I'm like just kind of being a person, just chilling. So if Rylan is feeling something extremely intensely in a very emotional situation. It gets projected to me, and I feel the same. Okay. And so the way one of the good examples that he has in the that's not only in the game but also in his studies mm -hmm. is the rat theory, mm -hmm. which is there's two rats in two different uh, tanks. Mm -hmm. So the first rat has to climb all the way underwater through this big tube, come out to the end, and leave the water. Otherwise, he'll drown. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get it, they just keep re-going and re-going until a rat gets it. Mm -hmm. And so the other rat, without seeing this rat or ever meeting it, 
will do it because the stress that the first rat is going through is so intense that it's projecting it to other rats. So it's like inherited, almost inherited uh, memories. Yeah. But but not passed like genetically. Yeah, through it's just offspring like something yeah. that gets passed along yeah. okay. by being in physical vicinity. This explanation has reminded me that the like biggest other example I have encountered of like this same kind of theory or feeling is like from oh gosh I don't remember what it's called. Yes, I do remember what it's called. Okay, did anybody here ever read Ender's Game in school? I did not. No, sorry. Okay. I, I lied and said that I did. <laughs> That's valid. To my mom. You are valid. You coward. Are okay, so, so valid. Ender's Game itself. <laughs> I read three pages and got bored. Ender's oh Game God. itself is not important, except that the plot of Ender's Game Hot is that it's it's like about <laughs> it's it's about child soldiers basically, mm-hmm. and at the end of the story. Um, this boy, who Ender, who has been raised to be a child soldier, like goes off to explore the greater sci-fi universe that he's in to like find some peace with himself for the fact that he personally, without knowing he did it, destroyed an entire race of people. Oh damn! Like yikes! The game in Ender's game is like a war simulation, yeah. and the kids who are running it think that they're preparing to go off into actual battle when they're adults, but they're actually fighting the actual war just using computers from far away to do it. Oh, Holy shit. shit. Yeah. So, um, so Ender, at the end of the book, goes off to, like, make peace with himself for the atrocities he's committed and blah, 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 blah. And then the rest of the series follows his life, like, trying to do that. And he, um, the species that he killed were, uh, like a hive mind bug kind of alien species. And, um... Because they have a hive mind, and because he's, like, trying to, like, learn to, like... I can't remember how exactly this plot goes. Like, he's drawn across the universe by, like, a feeling that he can't explain to himself or anyone else. And when he gets to this place that he's going to, he finds, like, the bug nest where the queen is, like, in hibernation. And, like, has eggs prepared to lay and to start a new colony. And, like everyone else on earth would be like oh my god you're gonna unleash world war ii you're gonna make this all happen again if you do this but he's like no i destroyed this race and it's my job to save them so like after that story happens the next two stories after that are like exploring the phenomenon that like drew him across the universe and the words that they come up with to describe it are philotic threads which is the idea that um everything in the universe is connected in like an intricate web of energy that people can't see or like that they don't experience on a conscious level but it influences emotional patterns yeah so like, that's cool it's that very exactly cool yeah and, what he's trying to say and it's also it's also very cool because they discover okay this is so good y'all hear our adventure zone fans right yeah, yeah. so they discover later in the story that philotic threads can be used as an energy source so your love for other people can be used to power things that's so cool oh my gosh which is the bond Bond. ship that's like how the thing in in the stolen century century. yes Yes. i love taz Taz so it's like i didn't get that far taz was gay yeah, I love it. It, it, it is, is very it's gay. Very gay. They're all gay. Thank you. They're traveling much. through the they're traveling through the universe <laughs> like 
on a ship powered by gay. Jumping from reality to reality on a ship literally powered by their love for each other. It's so so good. good. Like, they're literally harnessing emotion to power their trip. Yes. So like to power their literal motion through morphogenetic space field and theory, melodic threads, same bonds. Thing. Same thing. So there's Love another it. section though to the morphogenetic field theory, mm-hmm. which is kind of like time travel stuff. <gasps> I know. Give me the content. Okay. okay so <laughs> I'm probably I'm, I feel so terrible. I have not looked up anything in preparation for this, and a lot of the stuff. I've mentioned it before, but, like, a lot of the stuff that I do with Zeroscape and, like, other stuff that I like, I can't remember if it's actual my theories or canon content, mm-hmm. but this, I I'm fairly certain, is actual canon content, I, I but I'm also a I should be able to justify moron. you because I played yeah. the game recently. Okay. Yeah. So I, I haven't played it in a good <laughs> two years. Uh-huh. So, morphogenetic field theory, the uh, time travel aspect of that is that... When you're so stressed out, and or not even just specifically stressed, when you're feeling such intense emotions that you need to leave this space, you go to a different timeline. It's not just like time travel, it's actual timeline hopping, where you move to a different timeline where something that you've already experienced has never happened. Oh and this God. is a huge thing, specifically in VLR, definitely in ZTD, which... VLR is Virtue's Last Reward. That's the second one? Yep, that's the second one. That's the one for 3DS. Yes. Yes. ZTD is also for 3DS, and that one's Zero Time Dilemma. Okay. It also came out on PC. All of them are on PC. Can you you tell me a little more about this jumping to different timelines? Yeah. Because this may be relevant to the fanfic I'm currently writing. So, (laughs) one of my favorite things about it is, in VLR, a really specific thing is, if you make the wrong choice... You move to a different timeline because your body cannot handle it anymore. Oh my god. So, because you get so freaked out, so stressed out, because of a bad decision you've made, you hop timelines. And so, you'll move to a timeline where you made the correct decision. Oh my god. And you will move along until somebody dies, and you're stressed out again, or you have to make another decision. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Junctions. Yeah. It's yeah, it, this is how Quantum Break be. Yeah. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, like when you in Quantum Break when you're playing as Paul, you you get to like junction points where Paul can see like the places where the timelines diverge because of choices yes, he makes. Mm-hmm. I knew that. So like there's a flow chart yeah, in So VLR. he like actively yeah, makes a, a choice chart. in order yeah. to choose which timeline you move into. That's and good. Uh, this is something that's relevant to the fanfic I'm currently working on because like part of what happens at the end is that like he makes an active choice to pull them into the timeline where like they survive and they are still in love and stuff. I don't know, I'm sappy. I'm that's sorry. <laughs> I love to talk about fan fiction, don't mind me. <laughs> I same hat actually. <laughs> same hat. <laughs> Have you? Hey. Okay, God bless. Uh, Rylan did not know that meme. Okay, no. Okay, listen. You're trudging up an argument we had. Listen. You had an argument listen. about the same so, meme? Yes. <laughs> argument we had. Same word. You said, big word. Oh this meme. And I was like, I've never seen this meme. I like, quote this meme every fucking day. I'm I have quoted you. it since oh I God. saw the comic. I'm telling you. And you called me out and you were like, I've never heard this meme, and I was like, "Yes, you fucking have." I say it every goddamn day. Oh my god! Until that one time, and you just thought you had said it to me. I have said it multiple times to you, and you were like, "I've never heard that meme." 
Yes, you have. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so, <laughs> so I had forgotten um, like the details of mm. the morphogenetic field and time travel stuff because it's been so long since I've played yeah. it. But the bit of that time travel that's that really stuck with me that I think about all the time is the idea that the present affects the past as mm -hmm. well as the future. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like yeah. I'm trying to find on my Tumblr blog right I'm trying to find on my Tumblr right now a post that I reblogged the other day that was kind of sort of talking about this. A good but example like, is like the ending of 999. Uh, don't want to spoil it, but basically one of the characters is talking to you, the player character, Junpei Tenmyoji, uh, from not only the future, but also the past. The current one is dead, so you know that you're not talking to who you think you are. Mm -hmm. But you're still talking to her. Yeah. So, from the future and the past simultaneously. Simultaneously, she's telling you how to solve this puzzle, where you're supposed to go, because it's how, because, because it's, it's detrimental. Right? Yeah, they're because they're different timelines. In yeah. the timeline you're currently in, if you do not finish the puzzle, she dies. Yeah. And she is dead forever. Yeah. So the future, like, is the timeline where you do it correctly. Yeah. And nice. she's telling you how to do it. That's and so the past cool. version is the version that has done the puzzle already. Yeah. She didn't watch you do it. She did it herself to save herself. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay, I'm I like, got goosebumps. I'm I love this game. Fascinated. <laughs> I'm really fascinated by like the the multiple universes theory mm -hmm. where like every time someone makes a choice, another like timeline branches off and there's another universe where that happened. That's literally the whole series. Yeah. <laughs> that is know? so cool to me. Recently, I have been thinking a lot about the idea of the future affects the past, affects the present, affects the future. Mm -hmm. um, in the context of like writing as a craft, because... Okay. Um, <laughs> That Sorry. wasn't like I don't know why disingenuous. Just that was funny. an affirmative. Um, that's, that's totally fine. This is a very pretentious tangent I'm about to go on. But <laughs> um, so, so me Bring and it. <laughs> me and my friend Madison have been writing about um, an OC of hers that she invented. That literally she invented to flirt with a canon character like ten years before canon started, <laughs> so that she could kill him. So that she could kill off her OC for so that certain angst points that this canon character goes through in canon would make more sense to us. I'm sorry. Nice. What fandom is this? Well, 350. Okay. I am having this exact conversation <laughs> with somebody else about Final Fantasy 15, and I was like, are we talking to the same human? No, no, we're not. Okay, so Madison, if you listen to it's this a podcast, coping mechanism. Madison, if you listen to this podcast, I'm sorry, I'm about to put all our personal information out in the open like this. But so, it's not like anybody else. I'm not sorry. Go on. <laughs> so. Hilbert, the awful, terrible scientist in Wolf 359, who causes lots of bad shit, but I love from the bottom of my heart. He anyway, so literally, like, <laughs> I don't even know how we decided this, but like, Madison invented this OC several months ago that literally she was like, okay, look at this OC I made. Her entire job is to make Hilbert's life miserable. And I was like, hmm, I shipped them. <laughs> and Madison was like, that's bad and cursed. Really be like that, though. <laughs> Madison was like, that's bad and cursed, Mary. But I, like, kept poking at it and, 
like now. Wasn't she eventually like so do I? Because that's what she <laughs> yes, does now. We're now both ten layers deep in this self-indulgent L where we've invented this extremely complicated backstory for Hilbert and this OC, which has to end in her death. Because like she's not a real character in the show. And like Literally, we realized early on that literally, literally the only way this relationship makes sense with his canon personality is if she died and he couldn't do anything about it, and that contributed to his ongoing angst. So that is a plot point that has to happen. We know this has to happen, and yet we're still trying to figure out how to, like... discussion alternate timeline okay yes yes that's true but i keep thinking about it in the context of the future affects the past because like we're writing this story 10 years in the past but like what happened in the future is a pre-established point so everything leading up to that has to make sense with it and it's just like i just love that as like a way of writing like writing a backstory is good, guys. Yeah, writing backstories like, that builds up to something that you know is happening yes. is actually, like, really... It, it's a fun challenge to it's, do. It's extremely fun. How close can we make these people without disrupting the canon timeline? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's a challenge. It's very fun. It's very good. It's very, very good. God bless. Okay, buddy. <laughs> I'm getting So we need to keep oh, it down oh, just no. a little bit. Well, to start off the quiet, quiet ASMR, I need to talk about something that happened while Mary was ranting. Yes, yeah, what do you got? So I sat back down and I stuck my leg out. <laughs> real far. And I, ac- I stuck my leg out real far. <laughs> and I accidentally touched Amias' foot with my foot. And then we had, and then I was just like, oh my god. And then he, and then it felt kind of weird, but like I tried to give you a thumbs up. And then like we high fived, and, and it was okay. <laughs> nice. The high five made it okay. I'm really glad it made it you did. more comfortable. I was everyone just here, high five. I was everyone here is queer and socially anxious. It be like that. It yeah, really, it it really like do that. be like that. Yeah, those those you're wearing right now, Mary, are dead ass. 
Those are the exact glasses I wanted, and I couldn't get them. I got these on Zeddy. They were look at the frames were like twenty five dollars, but I have the fucking worst eyes, so I had to pay seventy five for the lenses. I that puts it on par with eyeglass shop. I'm seven point two five in this, and two point five. The last pair of glasses I got at a glasses drop were almost three hundred. That's probably because of your lenses. Yeah, Yeah. these ones I'm currently wearing were four hundred and seventy something. We don't have to be super quiet. Just keep it mellow. Yeah. Like, we can't scream no, laughing. Can, we, can, can we keep talking about time travel and alternate timelines? Yes. yes. Or whatever. Is there more to say about glasses before we completely diverge? <laughs> Not really. No. Besides my, the fact that they're very, cute. Mine are very expensive, glasses. and I didn't ever wash my... I have never washed my glasses until Ryland moved in with me. You know that stupid them? Yeah. This cleaned them ever like wiped them off, cleaned them, washed them. You just let a woman's touch. Huh? So Rylan, you know that tweet where the guy was like, When my bitch moved in with me, she washed my clothes, she made my bed, she like brought hand towels into the bathroom. My life is incredibly improved. That was how it was when Rylan moved in. She washed my glasses. Did you not Clean your glasses? No, before it was just a fucking pamphlet system. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. How did you see? I didn't. I, I was like, I had no eyes. Oh my god, Kuiper. Kuiper, no. I was fucking disgusting. Oh and now goodness. I'm still just as disgusting, but she does it for me. Oh no. She cleans for me. Yo, the perfect you. relationship. Honestly, like, no offense, but that's low key how I feel living with these two. Sorry. Like, all those I'm tweets sorry. that are like, all that like hot takes that are like trans men were socialized as women. I just want to be like, well, how come my two trans men that I know can't do any dishes then? Excuse me, I did like twenty look, loads of dishes look, this past week. Look, I opened the dishwasher today. Everything in there was fucking dirty. You really? don't know how to load a dishwasher. I loaded everything, Seriously? and it was not full. So I didn't. It, oh, you oh, didn't run, run it. Okay. Thank oh God my God, that, that makes so much sense. <laughs> I the dishwasher and I didn't run it because there were more dishes that could fit in it, but we did not make them dirty yet. I don't take back the comment about trans men, but I take back the comment about these dishes. It is fine for you not to take it back because I'm a fucking mess 100% of the time. Listen, I have depression. I try my hardest to be clean, but sometimes it's hard. I have ADHD and I don't know how to do anything. You know what? That's I can't do anything. Legitimate kin. I'm a Maya's kin. Are, are, are we all we up here trying other. to talk okay. about <laughs> Jesus Christ? We're all dragging each other's bad habits. Broship. Uh, are, are, are we here to talk about the actual kin drama, though? What, what kin drama? Excuse me? Is there new kin drama? I don't know. I just, I, I just have heard that there's drama somewhere on the internet about people doing the kin thing. I don't I'm actually like, kin what? with anything. I just say it because I think it's funny. It yeah. Funny. I mean, drama. it is funny, but also there are some characters that I look at and I'm like, yeah, that's that's actually me. I o- have only had one character that I was like that with, and it was Asuka from Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh my god. Which I would fucking die for, actually. You're so valid. Uh, okay, listen, her. I feel this way about Jack Joyce. I look at Jack Joyce and I'm like, that's just me. That's me. I identify with the concept of kin, but I don't want to be around other people who yeah. do. I feel like it's kind of, it, it is kind of an autistic thing. I feel like people who do the kin thing are in all likelihood, like, very neurodivergent Which, and just don't know it. That's a good segue yeah. to 
I've probably been just not looking into it because <laughs> I just don't know, and I've been fine not knowing. The neurodivergent thing? Recent, yes, but recently yeah. I've been like, that's probably not a thing that people do normally. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that way about a lot of do. stuff. Yeah. So, I know I'm like... <laughs> mentally ill. I almost just straight up said ill. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm fucking sick. <laughs> I mean, okay, listen, Kuiper, I'm at the point where I just finger guns that Rylan and like laid down into Charlie's shoulder very heavily. These two I are am... definitely the most suited. <laughs> uh, yeah. Listen, no, I am yeah. probably oh, the true. most suited because I've had like I didn't count. <laughs> I probably had like five drinks now. You had, had several shots of whiskey. Of yeah. God. And We're so all zooted and we all want to talk about everything. neurodivergence. Okay, so I don't yeah. actually know I'm, that much about it, and that's the thing. You guys seem knowledgeable about okay, it. Okay, I gen- genuinely, though, like uh, the diagnosis of autism in, in um, non cisgender boys mm. was like a, a special interest of mine for a while mm. because, like, when I first realized. Oh, I might be autistic and I was never diagnosed because people thought I was a girl when I was younger. I got super into like finding out like the way it presents in people who mm-hmm. aren't like, you know, cis. the stereotypical cis boy yeah. diagnosed. I've You're already valid. decided that the title of this episode is <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Love it. Ten out of ten. The last one is titled Pretentious the Pretentious Episode this in is, air quotes. This one's the this zooted one's episode. Just zooted. <laughs> the zooted episode. You're over there T-posing. <laughs> Listen, y'all, it's Friday night. I don't think they're going to get that mad at us. Where's the hot topic bag? Where's the hot topic bag? We need I'm it. I'm still low-key sad he was a hot topic without me. I texted him at great. like 1 o'clock to it be wasn't like... That great. It was like 1.30. We had already left by that This point. is the best thing from Hot Topic. Oh, yeah, it's chapstick shaped like an alien brain. <laughs> it smells like blackberry and it tastes like oh, that's pure nice. sugar. I got a leather punk wrist cuff because I'm punk, and I show that by supporting <laughs> yeah. capitalism. I'm cool. <laughs> that's, Honestly. okay, oh my god, at Spencer's, they had a book on witchcraft, and I was like... <laughs> This bitch. <laughs> Honestly, really shouldn't be mass produced. Well, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, the person who wrote it, it's like, what were you thinking? <laughs> it makes sense for this kind of book. This is well, Witches of America by Alex actually Mark. Interesting. It's not this like, is like someone going around the country and yes. studying different well, and the, small the covens. Thing is, it's <laughs> one thing to be like, let's talk water. about witches, right? It's another right. thing to be like, this is all of witchcraft. It's like, you fuck can't you. do that. That would be like saying, this is all of queerness. This is all of autism in one yeah. book, which people yes. do, and I hate it. I know, that's crazy. Well, let's go oh back God. to the thing we were talking about. Yeah, about, about the, the diagnosis about of autism diagnosis. in yes. people yeah. who are not the normative autism patients. I yeah. know I get gayer when I'm... <clears throat> it's funny. <laughs> I know. You do get gayer when you're drunk. I like it. talk about this, though I'm interested in this. Go on. Yeah. yeah. What were you talking about beforehand, Ryland? So you... Okay, I was just talking about how you guys seem like you know about it. Yeah. So if you talk about some of the things, I might be like... Yes. Yeah. Sure. No, I might be a little because when you look it up, obviously there's a lot of information. You're gonna like if you Google it, you're ending up on autism speech, which is not good. Yeah, I autism know, so I feel sucks. like talking to actual people who know about it is a better source. It really honestly, is. I yeah. I like, took a, an online quiz and I had references from other autistic people who did take the quiz, and I compared my chart afterward to theirs. Mm-hmm. I should send you the link to that. That's quiz. interesting. Yeah. There's yeah. like an inventory. It's like RSAD. I think is that's, what the abbreviation is. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it it used to be used as an actual diagnostic tool, but I don't think it like frequently is anymore. I'm sorry, I stim yeah. by drinking, and I need to piss also. Okay. We have all needed to piss. You're valid. I'm gonna continue talking. I'm gonna continue talking Alcohol about the Alcohol is a diuretic, which it means is. you're just gonna S is tea constantly. and lemon, and those are like literally the only three things I drink are alcohol, like tea, tea, and lemon, lemon water. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you yeah. just drink straight up lemons because <laughs> no, that's metal. I am not that strong. That's what you did the other day. Yeah. <laughs> you drank a lemon juice just by itself. Okay, so work had a bunch of expired limonadas, which is not true. They're just lemon juice and water. Nice. No sugar added. And carbonation. And carbonation. Carbonated lemon juice. Wow. Which made my, like, organs hurt. Damn. And my piss strong. So <laughs> That's so very I got over the whole piss thing. That's the tagline. Makes your, make your organs hurt and your piss strong. <laughs> Oh my took god. The burden for me. Oh boy. <laughs> Wait, what were you we talking about? The, the, the I think it's the RSAD is yes. like it's a something autism inventory test mm-hmm. where it like it asks you about like your perceptions of yourself <laughs> and like the way you interact with stuff. <laughs> and like I I took that when I was like first starting to think that like uh, oh I might be autistic but like most of the things that like make me certain that I am autistic even though I don't have a professional diagnosis is that like I've spoken to a lot of other autistic mm-hmm. people who are diagnosed and have many many things in common with them so I feel like that's a, a much easier way to like know just by sharing experiences with other yeah. autistic people than like you know taking a quiz or whatever like, yeah I just, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's just really hard to figure it out without talking to actual people. Yeah, so like, like, yeah, the, the things that I was really interested in were, like, um, uh, the, the thing that is, like, the, um, it, it, it's, it's not d- the definitional thing of mm-hmm. autism, but, like, most people who are autistic have uh, a sensory processing issue or a sensory processing disorder of some kind, and that was, like, my main thing when sorting my shit out was, like, oh, the way I interpret sensory input into my body is different than the way normal people do it. And that was like, aha, I get it now. Cause mm-hmm. like, I don't process audio correctly. I have to be looking at someone and seeing their lips move in order to understand what they're saying. I need subtitles in movies and That's stuff. Like, I have a yeah. big struggle with audio. If, yeah. If I don't see it happening and I'm not watching words yeah. form, that was poor phrasing. I'm fucking stupid. That's why you need Same. Well, We're all drunk. It it's fair. I'm suited. We're all drunk. <laughs> We're yeah. all suited. Yeah. Can, can I continue talking yeah, about like yeah. audio? Because okay, the thing that was interesting for me was that like I remember uh, taking both an anatomy class and a psychology class where I learned a lot about like the different areas of the brain. And there's a couple different like specific areas of brain that process different types of auditory input and auditory output and like it's very um prior to like hearing about other autistic people's experiences this wasn't obvious to me but after like knowing that this was an issue for other people i was able to like pinpoint that i know exactly where my input and output issues are which is like i have issues um hearing things and my brain tries to translate it into the way I would process visual words. And like when I read words, that processes perfectly. But when I hear things, it doesn't. And there's like, there, there's an area of your brain, I don't remember what it's called, that specifically takes auditory input and turns it into information. And there's another specific area of your brain 
that takes um, like the the information that's in your brain and turns it into the things that come out of your mouth sound wise. It's wild to me yeah. that those aren't the same part of your brain. And they aren't, and those are where my personal issues like stem from. Hmm. And like it, it was really surprising to me to like talk to other people who are autistic and realize that this is not a thing that only I experience mm. and I'm not just like a complete dumbass who doesn't know how to do words. Mm. It's like, it's an autistic thing to not know how to turn words from information in your brain to sound that comes out of your mouth. Mm. Like that's a huge struggle for me sometimes, which is why like sometimes when I'm really overwhelmed sensory wise, I just can't make words come out at yeah. all. That That's why a lot of autistic people like are either nonverbal all the time or like cannot speak verbally when they are in like a sensory meltdown or are having processing issues. Yeah. I know a lot of people who are like that. Um and I I, I, I was really fascinated by this when I first heard about it. So like this yeah, was something that I like delved into. So yeah. <laughs> what? No, you talk now. Mm. Yeah, oh, give us what do you think? Um I mean I don't I can't super relate to that specifically because yeah. And, but the thing is, is, I don't know if that's because as a young kid, I really focused in on communication for mm -hmm. some reason. Yeah. I got really into figuring out why people were taking things that I was saying the wrong way mm -hmm. and figuring out exactly what to say so that I can make them understand me. Yeah. Because I'm a very empathetic person and yeah. it really, really annoyed me when somebody yeah. would take something the wrong way. So yeah. mm -hmm. because of that, a lot. you take things I say the wrong way pretty commonly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm yeah. trying to learn how to do it with you now. That's a th that's not like a you thing though. That's literally my family. Yeah. <laughs> my mom. Everyone I, takes what okay, you say no, the wrong that's way. The issue. That's well, your issue. No, my mom, mom doesn't say what she fucking needs. My, she yeah. communicates yeah. passively. I mentioned that. Oh, that is crazy. Yeah, I mentioned yeah. before that I'm fucking terrified of my mother. <laughs> that is one of the reasons why. Literally because. She like only communicates passive aggressively. Yeah, and will say things. This is not an over exaggeration. She, you were here while yeah. she said this to me. She said, "I thought you would get my my brain waves where I said to unload the dishwasher, but you didn't." <laughs> what? And I was like, "How the fuck am I supposed to know that?" Oh my god! How and are it you was a whole thing. She was super. I know. She like, was super pissed from... at me. She was so wow. pissed at me, and I was like. Why the fuck are you mad at me? Like that's not my fault. Yeah, that you we didn't don't tell me. Really, it's, it's, Aside yeah. from the empathy, like force field thing that yeah. we were discussing <laughs> earlier, <laughs> she's like, "Why didn't you get me from my other timeline? Tell me I did tell you." Yeah. <laughs> that is. Like, I wasn't emotionally oh distressed. That's why. Yeah. Both empaths gotta oh be gosh. fucked up, y'all. This is like the number one issue I have when like. Neurotypical people and and well, neuroatypical people have so much trouble communicating because I know so many autistic people who like just don't get when people are implying things or like insinuating things and just take everything at face value. You tell me directly. That's the thing. Yeah. I feel like I over yeah corrected. I overcompensate like, for that too. For everything. Yeah. I overexplain so much because like, yeah. Now I can't tell if I have an issue with communication. Yeah. Uh, okay. I I so definitely, hard. I definitely relate to that though, because mm. like, Charlie is not the first person that I have been like talked to about auditory processing things. Yeah. Like, I have had several friends in the past who I don't know if they turned out to be autistic or not, because I don't keep in touch with them. Mm -hmm. But like, 
I don't relate to that aspect of autism. Like, that's not a, a thing for me because I feel like I am a very sound-oriented person. Yeah. Like, I'm, I have a lot, like, echolalia is a thing. Yeah. There, lot... there are some people who have trouble, like, processing sound input, and then there are some people who have trouble processing, like, other types of sensory input, like visual input some people have issues with, like, physical sensation input is something that causes trouble for yeah. a lot of autistic people. Like, you have that thing where you just, like, can't touch corduroy. If I touch corduroy or velvet, well, I, I... have that, too. Yeah. yeah. With corduroys. Yeah. Yeah. If I touch corduroys, yeah. my body says no. Yeah, <laughs> I have that with, like, silk and satin. It's the That's worst. such a mood. Oh, my God. Like, it's if I same, rub sequins the wrong If way. I rub... If I hear any, like cloth any like at any volume loud enough to like distinguish rubbing together on itself yes i that's can't very handle bad. it yeah mm -hmm. you also really dislike it i like to rub her back a lot and she flips shit well if you do it on the shirt it yeah. freaks me out for yeah. some reason if you do it under if the shirt it's yeah, whatever if it's under the shirt if it's, it's on fine. the shirt freaks me out that's a sensory why. input issue is yeah. what that is because <laughs> touch is bad yeah it's like and I kind of feel you on the communication aspect, too, because I feel like I have spent so much. It's like the thing for me about am I autistic or am I not is that like a lot of the things that I feel are like autistic tells on me personally also could be like the trauma. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So well, like, that's yeah. the thing, though. I'm not traumatized in yeah. any way, which is lucky. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, yeah. I don't have that question, so it's just like, if we have a lot of similarities going on, yeah, maybe it's not the trauma for you. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? I so, guess, I guess so. That's yeah. Sure. I also feel like the overcompensating for not communicating effectively mm -hmm. is a pretty common like just yeah, neuro atypical I just feel experience. Like I did it so hard that yeah. at yeah. this point I can't even remember that it was an issue. Yeah. Like, like, okay, hang on. When you said you hyper focused on figuring out what was up with the communication issues mm -hmm. that set off a flag for me like communication became your special interest because it needed to be you yeah. needed huh. to understand so why people couldn't understand my it. autistic hyper focus was led on you to understand it and overcorrect <laughs> yeah. that's, that's really common though and it's, it's it super is. common and i wonder if i did the same thing my yeah. adhd makes it so that i don't have great memory for retention and i'm certain that's the cause of that <sighs> But also, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I have the worst uh -huh. memory retention. I thought it was trauma. God. It wasn't trauma. As it was yeah, just my ADD. Yeah. I don't child, have ADD. I just have trauma and don't remember things. Yeah. As a child, <laughs> though, valid. like even now, Onion constantly gets pissed at me and is like, "You don't fucking remember shit, y'all." I don't remember shit though. Same. That's the right? thing. I don't like, remember even, anything. Even with like stuff that I have very specific interests in, specifically yeah. Leighton. I get that thing where I'm like, I don't remember if this is legit or not. Like, I don't remember yeah. whether I, this was also, real Also, that's super dependent on, like, there's so much outlandish shit in the Professor Layton canon. Yeah, that's true. Like, but that's it's true. with everything, though. Like, yeah. I have problems remembering conversations I've had, and they get brought up mm -hmm. regularly. Mm -hmm. I don't remember it. Yeah. And I feel, there was this one moment in, like, my childhood where I was like, I don't remember if this happened to me in real life or if it was a dream. All I know is I remember it happening yep. at some point, somehow. Yep. And I couldn't, it was terrible. It was like a terrible event. So I was like, this has to be like a fake thing. Turns out it was fucking real. It was an actual car crash that I oh didn't God. remember if it was fake or not. Cause my yep. brain was like, 
We don't know, y'all. <laughs> the report's in. We just don't know. <laughs> yes. That is the biggest mood, and yeah. I feel like autism and ADHD interact real strong. Oh, they're strong. definitely hand-in-hand. Hand. They're super hand-in-hand. Hand. I don't think I'm autistic. I think it's just very intense, very aggressive ADHD. Yeah. But... And, and that's the thing. I don't know if I'm comfortable saying that I would be on the spectrum because it... But at the same time, it's like, I feel like I might be internalizing right. it, which is why I'm talking about it now. Because uh-huh. it's like, I can't tell if it's something that I've just shoved down and made not an issue for myself. Yeah. Right. But if I acknowledge it, maybe it'll be, like, feel better. I don't know. Yeah. But, right. like, I don't know. Because yeah. it's not like for I me, feel actively negative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, personally, the big question about am I autistic or not is would getting a diagnosis for autism help me in my day-to-day life? Mm-hmm. Mm. Because, like, a lot of the things that I feel are, like, manifestations of autism are things that genuinely cause me, like, problems in day-to-day life. Like, right. I'm not to get too deep or heavy here for a moment, but I'm scared about the job that I have right now because, like, I'm afraid I'm going to lose this job because, like, the aggregate effect of, like, all these little things that, like, it's just, like, just, like, this little thing here or there, but it, and it just doesn't mesh well with my Mm -hmm. brain and the work that I'm trying Mm -hmm. to do, but because it's, like, all of these things cumulatively, and, like, I feel like a neurotypical person could do this job. So, like, yeah. This is an auditory medium, but I am nodding so hard, like, internally, externally. I just can't vocalize that because I don't want to cut you off. That's totally fine. And, like, another thing is, like, I did so bad. Like, I don't want to say that I did bad in college because I finished college. Yeah. But, like, I want to go back to school and I want to get, like, a PhD someday. Yeah, but school is really hard for non-neurotypical people. It's literally when I think about doing that, I'm like, there's no way that I could continue in the same pattern that I held for the three and a half years I was in college and, like, come out the other end. Like, I couldn't do it unless I had outside help of some kind. And it's like, so, like... Do I want to get an autism diagnosis, yeah. like a professional one, yeah. so that I can like forward my dreams of going back to school? Yeah. I don't know. It it really like, does depend situationally because yeah. like if getting a diagnosis would benefit you for getting like accommodations for going back to school, that's like yeah, that's a reason to seek it. Like for me personally, I know that getting a diagnosis would impede my ability to get transition related treatment. Right. So obviously I can't. Mm-hmm. Right. But like for other and people, it's like yeah, you totally could do that. I've seen discussions between people questioning themselves, pretty sure they're autistic, and people who've been diagnosed asking, would a diagnosis help me? I'm asking for actual responses. Yeah. And people responding in saying, for me, it made it harder to get jobs, to get childcare, to get support in every aspect of my life. Yeah. I think knowing is what you need. Yeah. And other people saying, it helped me get the resources for this one thing. Yeah. Like, there's, there's a lot of cases where, like, schools will help you with accommodations if you have, like, a professional diagnosis. But, like, since there isn't really... There's no way you can medicate or treat for, like, the symptoms of autism. So there, there really isn't anything that you could get help with, like, concretely in that way. So You would just be able to yeah. get accommodations from teachers yeah. to, like take their class in a different way. Or, like, if you had the kind of job where the people 
that where the work environment was such that they cared about such things. Yeah, than right. Then they might be more understanding yeah. if you had a professional diagnosis like, rather than just saying. But like, we live in the middle it. of nowhere, well, and having a professional like, autism diagnosis is not going to help with a job in the middle. Right. Yeah, yeah, I actually thought about this somewhat recently because I was like, uh, just related to where I work, I got outed at one point as mm. trans, and that made me think about kind of stuff like this just because yeah. I was interested. I was like, how am I going to be treated differently based on things that they know about me? Right? Yeah. And I was like, if they knew all of my little things, maybe yeah. they would be a little more like, maybe that moment would have been less awkward because yeah, they would yeah. have just gotten that something might yeah. be weird for me. Yeah. Right? Like, there are some so terrible like, yeah. situation though. Oh yeah, I mean that was just a weird situation. It actually was not that bad and it turned out fine because yeah. I just got them all to ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> there are some so. cases where like knowing things might make people more understanding or it That's might the make thing. them yeah. behave sure in a more totally bigoted way. It. I just feel like yeah. maybe if they understood that I have shit going on. Like even on trans level, I feel like now that they know I have a little bit of a weird shit going on, they're yeah. like more understanding if I am slightly uncomfortable talking to somebody or if it's a little bit weird or sure. for some reason they'll yeah. I feel like a lot of them kind of get that I am just uncomfortable all the time yeah <laughs> so yeah uh, it's I feel like in that aspect it almost helped me yeah and thinking about that it's like if I knew I was autistic yeah maybe that would help me because yeah. I don't but I don't know yeah. I, just think it's I think it's definitely too in the area that we live in that is a huge concern for both of us yeah uh, not only because I know literally everybody in our town and I know that for a fact if somebody in our community got outed as either trans or like neuroatypical or something like that, mm -hmm. there would be fucking riots. Yes. I mean, not actually. Not like you do live riots, in a really small town. It would, it would be literally drama. be drama. Would happen. People would treat you completely differently. Yeah, they would You'd send hate mail out of the town. Yeah, they yeah. would send hate yeah. mail. They would stop going to my mother's business. They would like trash on my father, who is super fucking picky about what's going on in the community. Yeah. And so I know it'd be like that sometimes. It really be like uh, that, and I know I know for a fact yeah. even from where I work, you got lucky, and I'm yeah. so glad you got lucky. Yeah, lucky. I because mean, because my if I yeah. got when I told one of my bosses that I was transgender, they told me, "Where we can't call you he. That's the thing. We cannot respect your stuff because if we do, it's gonna be a whole thing." Yeah, and yeah. I was like, "That's fine. Not a big deal." But then it got around, and I literally told one boss in confidence because I thought I was close with her. Yeah. She told every coworker I had. They all treated me very uncomfortably. Yikes. And there were like maybe three coworkers that I had that didn't treat me like a not human. None I had of them there anymore. So yeah. Who came out on top? Well, of me? I had three coworkers <laughs> that treated me like actual humans. Yeah. And they were the only reason that I made it through these first, like, eight months of working there. Yeah. They were actual godsend. Okay, this has gotten so heavy, so we're gonna cut in with a poem that slaps. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Alright, here we go. So, the, uh, yeah. Poetry the, that slaps is poem that has that good beat. Yes, the day before, um, the day before we recorded the last episode, Charlie read me a tweet out loud, and I think it was my pseudonym Jones. Probably, I love her. But, but it was, like, pseudonym Jones tweeted, um, tweet. Tweeted, you know what fucking slaps? 
The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. And Charlie was like, what? No, it doesn't. It, and I, I opened so it up, it does and, I opened so it up and read a section of it. And he was like, yeah, it actually does. So now... All Edgar Allan Poe poems slap. Oh, I'm yes. just saying. We talked about this extensively in the last episode. Yeah. They've all got that... They have a beat. Yes. So... They got um, that rhythm. Yeah, so poems that slap is just... Every time I think of a poem in my daily life that I'm like, that has a fucking good rhythm on it, I put it on this note. And because two-thirds of my brain is echolalia and two-thirds of all echolalia is poetry, I have a lot of poems. Today's is The Highwayman by Alfred Noyes. Yes, I, say his last I know name. this one. This poem is a story about a murder-suicide and then a ghost. I love it. But it's great. Is that not heavy? <laughs> That's a <laughs> but mean, it's a poem that slaps. <laughs> I'm, I'm only going to read the first three stanzas, so though, because it's really well, long. So what you're saying is, is if we had that conversation with someone beatboxing in the background, it would have been okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At that point, it's slam poetry and therefore completely socially acceptable. Here it is. The wind was a torrent of darkness among the gusty trees. The moon was a ghostly galleon tossed upon cloudy seas. That's I'm really sorry. good. Yeah. Kyper's doing this. like dancing. The road was a ribbon of moonlight over the purple moor, and the highwayman came riding, riding, riding. The highwayman came riding up to the old inn door. He'd a French cocked hat on his forehead and a bunch of lace at his chin, a coat of claret velvet and breeches of brown doeskin. They fitted with never a wrinkle. His boots were up to the thigh. He's gay. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> straight up gay. <laughs> and he, he rode with a, and he rode with a jeweled twinkle. His pistol butts a twinkle. His rapier <laughs> hilt a twinkle under the jeweled sky. Over the cobbles he clattered and clashed in the dark inn yard. And he tapped with his whip on the shutters, but all was locked and barred. He whistled a tune to the window, and who should be waiting there? But the landlord's black-eyed daughter, Bess the landlord's daughter, plaiting a dark red love knot into her long black hair. And then over the course of the rest of the story in this poem, this guy gets killed, and then she kills herself in an attempt to like save his life, but he's already dead, so it's like a Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. Great. And so then the very last stanza is, no, the, two, the last two stanzas are, and still on a winter's night, they say, when the wind is in the trees, when the moon is a ghostly galleon tossed upon cloudy seas, when the road is a ribbon of moonlight over the purple purple moor, a highwayman comes riding, 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 a highwayman comes riding up to the old inn door. And then it repeats that stanza again. Over the cobbles he clatters and clangs in the dark inn yard. He taps with his whip on the shutters, but all is locked and barred. Because she's dead! Because they're both dead and they're ghosts now! <laughs> Those first you two get very emotional. Like, I am hunting for dick. Mary, I cannot be convinced what? otherwise. Listen, that really does slap. You've made a good decision. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, okay, you get so he like whistles, excited about ghosts, though. He I love whistles a tune to the window. And who should be waiting there but the landlord's black-eyed daughter? Best, the landlord's daughter leading a dark red love knot into her long black hair. And, and they're both like, ghosts now. I, lo I know, and I, I love the fact that it's, like, almost, the repetition, like, it almost perfectly mirrors from, like, the one stanza to the other stanza, and, like, the implication for that to me with the ghost story is that this is a pattern that will now repeat in perpetuity because they're ghosts, and that's how ghosts work. And I am deeply into that shit. Yeah. 
You are like super See, into ghosts. We need to do thing. a spin episode just about ghosts because you're so into ghost I'm stories. Here's the thing. That doesn't just imply to me that the pattern will repeat in pepper perpetuity because they're ghosts and they're doomed to live out the last 10 minutes of their lives forever. <laughs> yeah. But also because it's a pattern that will repeat in the physical world because they are haunting it. Yes, exactly. And also because every time you st finish reading the poem, it, it, it hasn't again. actually ended because the next person who reads it continues it. Right? This is also true. It's just true. the next loop like, every time you read it. Time travel, my dudes. Where's Ghosts my and time travel. I don't Hey guys, it's me, Mary. Uh, first of all, uh, sorry that it has taken us two months to release this episode. We recorded it in June uh, when our friends Rylan and Beef were here to visit us for, uh, for Pride Month festivities, but it's just been an extremely, it's been an extremely hot summer, as I'm sure all of you are aware. It's been real low down on my personal priority list to edit the episodes, but I figured, hey, I might as well get it done at some point. Charlie is having his top surgery done next week, and I'd kind of like to be able to record another episode before that happens, just because uh, he's going to be incapacitated uh, recovering from that, and I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to drink alcohol and take... Um, take painkillers at the same time so I kind of want to record an episode on Thursday so I figured I better get these ones edited this is the first half of the episode we recorded with Rylan and Beef um, uh, Beef has requested that we do not put his Twitter information on this but uh, Rylan is the Rylan who wrote our, uh, our theme music and you can look at her work on Bandcamp at aquagirl.bandcamp.com that's aqua-girl bandcamp.com if you would like to be on the show to talk about your special interest or hyperfixation or just to get zooted with me and charlie and amias uh you can shoot us an email at spinpodcast at gmail.com or you can visit us at twitter at spin underscore podcast or on tumblr at spinpodcast.tumblr.com Oh yeah, you can find us on iTunes as Spin Podcast. Uh, maybe leave us a review if that's your thing. If not, that's cool too. We are also on Anchor.fm as Spin-Podcast. I think that's about it. Uh, the second part of this episode, I'm gonna edit when I finish recording this little outro bit. Uh, so the second part of this episode is probably gonna be a little shorter than this part, and it's probably gonna go up... You know, I'm not really sure when it's gonna go up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Charlie's getting his top surgery next week. So if you want to send him love, I'm sure he would appreciate that. Yep, that's about it. <laughs>